I didn't uh, grow up uh, watching sports at all, uh, and I never really understood the attachment to a particular team. I just never really got it. Uh, and they, they don't, like, they don't really even know that you exist. <laughs> and you're like, sorry, Mark. Like, like, like uh, and I was chatting with Adrian before, and she said, yeah, but part of it is, like, you want to be a part of something greater, a part of something. I'm like, yeah, but they don't really know you at all. Like, you're part, you might be part, but you're, you know. So anyways, uh, from the outside, um, I see uh, that they, they are messengers. When someone wears a, a jersey, they're, they're a messenger. Uh, a messenger of what? A messenger of, of what they care about. Uh, a messenger of what they represent. Uh, a messenger of their allegiance, where they stand. And, and there are some very crazy fans out there. <laughs> Uh, this is the, the Chiefs, uh, and I know that Super Bowl was last week. I know that. Um, if uh, we were to wear a uniform, though, as Christians, uh, what would that uniform be? Uh, what, if we were to wear a uniform, what would that uniform be? Uh, when Jesus uh, was on earth, he, he appointed 72 people at one point in his ministry to go out into teams of two, and, and into every, every city and place where he was about to go. And when they went into a home, they were to say, peace be to this place. Please, peace be to this house. And, and whoever, and they were told, or he told them, whoever listens to you, listens to me. And, and so like, like those fans, and, or sports fans, they can, they can uh, represent uh, the, the chiefs or the raiders with their clothes, uh, we are to represent God with our peace wherever we go. And, and so our uniform uh, is not clothing, but it's peace. And so what, what an honor we have, what a privilege we have. And yet, why, why is it that so often I, I'm afraid to put on the uniform or I just put it in the closet? Why is that? Um, let's, let's pray before we read our, our passage. God, we have your peace here on Sunday, and yet we're so often afraid to wear the uniform Monday to Saturday. Uh, we live in a world that so desperately needs your peace, and so forgive us, we pray. Uh, as the Chiefs fans uh, represent the Chiefs so boldly, uh, we pray, we ask for the grace to, to represent you boldly. And w- would you uh, open up your word to us and give us a, just a healthy sense of, of accountability and calling and joy as we look at this invitation. Through Christ we pray. Amen. After... The, after this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him into every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go, 
I'm sending you out as lambs among wolves. That's very reassuring, hey? <laughs> uh, do not take a purse or a bag or sandals, and do not greet anyone along the road. In those days, kind of the, the greetings that they would do were very kind of time-consuming, time kind of almost ceremonial. And he's like, no, you, you got a task. Focus on your task. And he says, when you enter a house, first say, peace to this house. If someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Stay there, eating, drinking, whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. This is God's word. There's a lot of ideas uh, today of what a messenger looks like. Uh, so here's, uh, I don't know what this action is, but Here's a, an open-air preacher. Uh, he's a messenger. Uh, and there's another one, uh, Billy Graham, doing his thing. And what I love about our Bible passage today is that we have these ordinary people, these 72. Uh, the, the blue there, it says, I'm so ordinary. And so what's, what's interesting is in chapter 9, just the chapter preceding this one, Jesus sent out the the 12 right and those are kind of the official workers and then these are 72 uh they're they're ordinary uh compared to these these official workers the 12 disciples and all of some some were might have been newer to the task and some might have been uh more devout followers for some time some may have had wealth others not so much uh, all of them are entrusted with the same message. All of them are entrusted with the presence of God. All of them were to wear the uniform. And so we have this myth that uh, messengers are prepared. And so, but there's, there's this idea, I'm going on, the, on a cruise next week. Noelle's uh, family is paying for it. So yeah, pretty happy about that. Um, and, uh, and I'm very thankful. And so I, I've got my luggage here and I'm going to be prepared right? I need to be prepared. So in here, I have, uh, what do I all have? I just started packing, so I don't have too much. But, uh, so I have socks, very important, right? Uh, underwear, I'll leave those in there. And I have melatonin, right? If I don't, if I can't sleep on the ship, it's not a very fun vacation, right? So that'll, that might help. Um, and I've heard people get sick, on these cruises, <laughs> and so I have this uh, probiotic, um, and I have a toothbrush, because that's important, right? And I have some other things, and I gotta fill this more, but I'm going to be prepared, very important, right? Trip, need to be prepared. And am I, I'm sure I'm missing something right now, but do you know what Jesus told his messengers to take with them when they were to leave? Nothing! <laughs> Nothing! Nothing at all! We tend to think the successful messenger is prepared. Uh, so, like, you know, uh, Dom at, at, at the garage, you want to share this message of Jesus? You need to be prepared. You have all your ducks in a row. You need to know the Word of God inside and out. You need to know your plan. If someone says this, you need to know your contingency plan. If someone says that, and uh, you just don't want to look like an idiot, Right? You don't want to be asked a question. You don't, you don't know what to say. And, and the Bible does say always be prepared for a reason, for the hope that you have. 
And, and, but, but this is interesting. Jesus, Jesus says, I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. Then he continues, do not take a, bag, a purse or a bag or sandals. Say what, Jesus? Say what? Presumably these people had money and they had an extra pair of sandals, right? Presumably, otherwise Jesus wouldn't have said that. And so this was kind of like, like at least the purse or the bag, that's kind of like your wallet. <laughs> He's sending them out without their wallets. And it's always confused me. Like, like Jesus, like what if, like I would say if I was there, like, Jesus, what if I need a snack along the way, right? <laughs> or like, well, what if I walk by someone and they need some help? Having a little bit of spare change wouldn't be a bad idea, right? Uh, and so the lesson here is that messengers are not prepared. <laughs> messengers are dependent. He puts them intentionally in a position of dependence. And so I have so many books on being a messenger, on evangelism, on, on mission, on apologetics, and I could probably, like, a lot. And so I, I could think I could be prepared, and we, all, we often think, I need to know everything there is to know. And so think about this. These people, though, they didn't even know that Jesus was going to die and rise from the dead and, and conquer Satan, sin, and death, and intercede for them at the right hand of God. Like, they knew far less than you or I know today. So uh, I don't need to know the Bible inside and out. I don't need to prepare for every single argument. I could bring a toothbrush. It might be helpful. Uh, good smelling breath is probably a good idea, right? There's some things that are good things to, to have, right? And, and it's not to say, you know, that we need to be anti-intellectual. But the point is, if you remember anything in this whole message, wherever you go intentionally as God's messenger, whether it's on the farm, at the garage, in the doctor's office, going house to house, doing home care, serving at a school, wherever you are, um, Jesus said, I have sent you out as sheep, as lambs among wolves. I have sent you out as lambs among wolves. And so I was really convicted of this week. I'm like, I can't preach on this this Sunday unless I go out as a lamb. So I went into my building after a walk, and I, I'm like, whoever is in the office, they're going to get it, right? And so, and so I walked in, and there's this one lady, and she's always razzing me about something. And I said to her, or she said to me, she's like, why are you here? Why are you here? Like jokingly, she, she kind of just doesn't want me there, but she does, and she's being weird, and there was a few others there. And I just looked her in the eye. I was kind of freshly convicted, and I said, I'm here to tell you that God loves you, and he cares for you. I don't know what happened inside of her, but for once, she didn't have a comeback. So, <laughs> so that was good. And so what, I, I didn't feel prepared for that, and it came out very awkwardly, and I didn't have a lot of words. That was about it. And the conversation didn't go anywhere. But what makes you truly prepared? You know you're unprepared. The unprepared are dependent. Dependent on the power of God to do the work uh, in people's lives that we ourselves can't do. And so the ideal messenger is ordinary 
Uh, they know they don't have everything that they need, but they know that God can use them anyway. And th- hey, think about your own story, right? Think about how, how you came to faith, whether it's your parents or a friend or a coworker or a neighbor. Like these people were just ordinary people. They were equipped only with the peace and only with the presence of God. And this is all we need also. And so messengers are prayerfully dependent in at least, at least four ways. And first is a personal in, encounter. Uh, before you're ready to practice the presence of God in public, there's got to be some kind, of in, practice, some kind of encounter with the presence of God in, in private, in your, own, in your own experience. And so do you really experience the presence of God in your life? Uh, say this past week, like how, how real has, has Christ been to you? How real has his, his mercy and his grace on, on you, a, a sinner, uh, saved? How, how, great, how great has that salvation been to you personally this past week? How great have the, have the promises of God been to you that, that you are fully seen, that you are fully known, that you are fully loved, that God is working out every aspect of your life, every nook and cranny of your life for for your good and for his glory how real is that to you right now like are are you feeling that have you felt that this past week uh number number two we're dependent on god so first for the personal encounter second for uh, eyes to see uh philippians 2 4 says um that uh, we're to not look out only for our own interests but the interests of others and and so how do we even do that in a day there's so much stuff going on there's so much things coming at you in a day there's so many of your own problems how do you actually look out for the interests of someone else and so it's just, it's it's a simple prayer of dependence god give me your eyes give me your eyes to see his heart is is there we need we need eyes to see his heart for the people around us. And we're dependent on him giving that to us. And you've had it, and you might not even know it. There's been times in your week, times in your year, times in your life when you've had that heart and you're acting out of it. But pray for, pray for fresh eyes uh, to see people as, as he sees them. Uh, and then the third is meek boldness. And we're dependent on God for meek boldness. This, you, you know the kind of people. They have a they have a, a boldness, but then there's also a humility, and we're dependent on God for, for that. And, and my brother, he said to me recently, he said, it takes more courage, I'll use the language of this sermon, to wear your uniform in Canada than it, doesn't take, it, than it takes in India. So pull up this. this so this is a, a festival that's happening on, in India. You can Google it. I forget the name of it. It's something hin, hin, Hindi. I, I don't know the the name of the of the festival exactly but in one day there are 30 million people gathered in this place 30 million the largest gathering of human beings they say in history and this just happened uh the end of last month and uh he 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 went there with a bunch of uh his friends and they uh shared the love of christ and he said when we go there uh it's a blank slate there's no baggage. There's no one. No one's been hurt by the church. No one's. They have no idea what you're talking about. It's like a foreign language, the language of the gospel. So they can proclaim just freely. And he said it's actually more difficult to be meekly bold 
in Canada, to share your faith in Canada, to be a messenger in Canada, it's more difficult than it is in India. I, I just, that kind of blew my mind, right? And they're very much a closed country. But there's something about Canada where kind of, because we were Christians, so now we're kind of like anti-Christian, or at least, you know, uh, you're weird if you're not, you know. And so uh, that we're, we're dependent on God for this meek uh, boldness. And then last, we're dependent on God for open doors. Uh, Paul, the greatest kind of messenger in history, Colossians 4, 3 to 4, said, pray also for us that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. It's interesting. Pray for us that God may open a door, that he may open a door. So he's, he's like the greatest messenger of all time, and he says, pray that we can actually share the message. So there's, there's got to be a, a, a prayer for the, for the open door. Um, at the village, we work hard to become a, a welcoming place, and this is good. This is very, very good. Any of my friends who've come here or visitors, they come here and they say, you know, it's a very welcoming place, you know. And, but what Jesus had in mind for messengers is, is this going, like, like that, that was in our passage. And so we have a lot of control, a lot of familiarity, a lot of comfort here. So this is a circle, and this represents inside that circle everything you're comfortable with, everything you know, everything you've, you've done. Um, and and what, what I believe that, that Jesus is, is doing is he's commanding you and I right now to leave that circle, um, to go to a place that's outside of your circle of confidence and to trust uh, his, uh, the unknown and to wear your uniform in, in public. And this is daunting. And so I've given you uh, these sheets, uh, five tips to wear your uniform in public. And I just want to read them. Listen to someone it, for five minutes in an unhurried way. This is so countercultural, right? We're in this unhurried series. You practice the presence of God when you practice your presence with another person uh, who's made in the image of God, who God loves. Five minutes. Five minutes. Listen. Uh, number two, invite someone to dinner who can't pay you back. This is, Jesus talks about this. S setting aside your interests for, for the interests of another. Someone who could really use an invite. Uh, next, someone you know is going through a hard time right now. Right in this, ch in this church right now, in this sanctuary. Someone's going through a hard time. Go out of your way and ask to pray for them. Call them up or... or when you see them this week, say, can I, can I pray for you? Um, and and you, you, if they say yes, you could even pray for them on the spot. Like they, they said yes, right? You got their permission. Uh, and notice these are all actions. And so uh, unbelievers, they, they recognize us not by what we believe and not by uh, what w the words we're using. They recognize us by our love. And Jesus talked about that, right? our love. Um, so, so all three of these, the listening, the inviting for dinner, the praying for someone, that's, that's you doing, and that's how people recognize your peace. Uh, and four, be willing to tell someone God loves them. Who knows what God could do with that seed that you plant, right? It's a risk, it's scary, and maybe it's appropriate, maybe it's not appropriate, but give it a shot, right? Give it a shot. Maybe 
maybe they don't know that. Uh, maybe their, their hearts are longing to hear that. Um, and number five, uh, consider using, or wait, number five, is it invite someone to church? Yeah, okay, invite someone to church. Um, some, some of your friends might just be waiting for that, right? Like they're just waiting for an invitation. And, and so why not uh, invite them? And then next, uh, consider using your words uh, when the timing's right. And I have a bunch of questions listed there. And so why do we bother stepping outside of this circle? Like why do we do it? Um, we risk because Jesus risked for us. Uh, our, our song we, we read is, you, you didn't want heaven without us, so you brought heaven down. And, and we don't want our own comfortable Sunday morning service without our beloved friends. And so we invite them. We, we invite, we pray for them. We, we step out for them. Um, we, we stop and see people because, because we ourselves have, someone stopped and, and saw us in the name of Jesus, right? And so we, we do that for other people. And, and Jesus stopped. He stopped in heaven and he came down for us. And, and so we have that invitation to, to do the same. Uh, uh, there's this guy, anyone heard of Ravi Zacharias? He's like the Billy Graham of our day. I had a really cool opportunity to meet this guy, okay? And it was, it's like, I don't know, who's the number, fa- number one favorite football player? Okay, this guy, okay? So I met this guy in the church world. And, uh, and, it, he, and I, I was so amazed by him. I'm amazed by speaking, but I was amazed by how present he was with the people right in front of him. And everyone's hoarding around him. And they just want a picture. They just want to answer a question. And they're all coming at him. And I'm just like struck. Like, That's Ravi Zacharias. And I was just amazed. And, but what was, what was crazy was that I, I asked him, I said, how do you do this? How are you so present to people? How, how do you have love? I, I know what you're about to do. Right? He's about to give this big message. And he said, Mark, or I don't know if he used my name. Let's pretend he did. <laughs> and he said, he said, it is a command and it is a privilege. And so when we think about our, this messenger thing, it's a command to each one of us from Jesus, go. And it is a privilege. Uh, let's pray. Christ, we wear the uniform of our workplace uh, so proudly, whether it's you know, working as a nurse or working as a mechanic. We wear the uniforms of our teams so proudly. Uh, grant us the grace to, to wear the uniform of, of your peace and your love equally proudly, at least. At least grant that we would not hide, Father, going, going into this week. Uh, no matter what the results, let us just leave them to you. Let us represent your peace and your love in these practical ways, and would you fill our imaginations even with ideas in which we can, we can do this, in which we can be your, your messengers. Help us to step outside of our circle as, as Christ stepped outside of of his for us. 
And it's in his strong name we pray. Amen.